Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got a crazy story of getting a bunch of interviewers fired. But first, a story from Kylo Ben 4848 Karen wants me to stop wearing school shirt, so I start wearing hoodie with even larger logo. About a year ago, I was in a high school that was a little exclusive. You had to apply and get accepted, and some people were rejected. The school required uniforms, which were just khakis and a specific kind of shirt. The uniform wasn't that uncomfortable, so most days after school, I would just keep wearing the uniform instead of changing into something nicer. One day after school, I was at a store near my house wearing my school uniform, minding my own business, when a Karen showed up, yelling at me to stop wearing that shirt since it made her kid embarrassed since he was rejected. After a while of a rant, I just paid for my things and left. I was dismayed to discover that our shopping schedules coincide, and she was there the next time that I visited and said the same thing. Cue the malicious compliance. I went to the school store and ordered the hoodie with the largest school logo out of all of them. So instead of a solid color polo with a small logo, I was wearing a hoodie in school colors with a giant logo. The next time that she asked me to stop wearing that shirt, I just told her that I wasn't wearing that shirt anymore and walked away from her, leaving her still extremely mad. This continued for months until she just stopped going at the same time as me. I put myself in this situation and I'm thinking about how I would probably just prefer to ignore her. Maybe it would get even more of a rise out of her if I kept wearing the shirt and didn't even say anything to her. Or maybe just blatantly wear it and give them a piece of your mind when they give you theirs. Would you guys rather keep your head down, not even acknowledge them? Or would you want to give this Karen a piece of your mind? Let me know which way you guys would handle it down in the comments. Our next story is from Free Will Hunting. Won't let me work because you need me to help move offices? Hope everyone's fine with a month delay. Let's start with the cast of the story. Managing director, supervisor, owner, and me. For context, I'm an electrician now, but was an apprentice when this happened. So I had this job that started with me doing whatever supervisor said needed to be done during the day. One day I got asked by the owner to help out with some electronics, and after a few days, I was unofficially moved to that department. The problem with the unofficial move was that now I was taking orders from all three musketeers, managing director, supervisor, and owner. But nobody would arrange with each other as to whose work was more important. Many days I was yelled at for not meeting deadlines, but nobody wanted to hear that the apprentice was overwhelmed with engineering work. I started working loads of overtime to keep up with the workload, and that calmed everyone down for a while. Still only got my apprentice wage during all this, which was not that great, but this was during COVID lockdown, so a crappy job is still better than no job. After months of this, I finally get sent for training that I need to complete so I can do the exam and become an electrician. The training spans four weeks, and we completed by going to the training center for two weeks and back to the workshop for two weeks, then finishing the last two weeks. 
Now, since my move was unofficial, my direct boss was supervisor. He had it out for me in a big way. Always saying whatever managing director and owner need me to do isn't as important as whatever he needed. This was never the case. He just had an extreme liking for screwing me. The day I get sent for training, the poop hits the fan in a big way. Managing director needs me to repair a bunch of electronics ASAP. Owner needs me to start assembly and programming on monitoring systems for a coal mine. And supervisor was told that all the offices in the company needed to be moved around because of some corporate synergy BS. I was the only one in the company that could work on the electronics. And since I was gone for training, managing director and owner's things came to a screeching halt. I finished the first two weeks of my training and returned to work for the next two weeks and everyone is immediately on my case about everything that needs to be done. I tell managing director and owner I'll start with their things ASAP. I should be able to finish everything before I return to training. Supervisor had other plans though. All the apprentices are moving offices. You can't make excuses and avoid it. I don't want to hear another word from you. You're helping move and paint offices. Cue malicious compliance. I say sure thing, boss, and spend the next two weeks moving desks, packing and unpacking boxes, painting, all the wonderful things that are required while moving offices. Can't do anything for managing director and owner, though. Supervisor made it clear that he doesn't care about their work. On the Friday morning before I return to training, we have a full company meeting. There were only like 20 of us, and all the projects that need to be completed are being discussed. The conversation goes as follows. The managing director says, Owner, what's the progress on the coal mine monitoring systems? Owner looks at me, Well, how far did you get? I say, No change. Didn't get time to work on it while I was here. Owner doesn't look happy about this. Managing director says, What about the electronics that needed to be repaired? I say, Didn't get time for those either. No change. Managing director, also not looking happy, said, So what the freak did you do for the past two weeks? You know how important these things are. I say, supervisor refused to let me get to it because all us apprentices needed to move offices. Supervisor says, the job's done now. He can start with your stuff on Monday. I say, no, I can't. I'm going back to training for two weeks and company policy is that training is priority one. A silence so thick you could cut it with a spoon fell over the meeting. If looks could kill, S would be dead twice over. Managing director loses his freaking mind, screaming and frothing at the mouth about the fact that I was pulled off of the electronics to move offices. When he finally runs out of steam, owner climbs into the fight. I'm quietly sitting in the corner, fighting back a smile as these two men rip supervisor a few new ones. When I came back from training, I was officially moved out of supervisor's department and was now listed as the electronics technician reporting directly to managing director and owner. The three musketeers never got back together again, and supervisor was fired a few weeks later. Turns out the company lost a little less than $100,000 because I was made unavailable, which pushed their projects back more than a month. I quit soon after that anyway, but still got a good chuckle thinking about the scenario. The thing I love the most is OP chose no sides, simply stuck to the hierarchy, knew supervisor was their boss, they're going to follow that, let everybody else fight like cats, not my fault, let everybody else claw at each other, and take responsibility for none of it. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos.
Every video has awesome stories like our final story of the day from an anonymous poster, insane job interview, all interviewers end up fired. I don't know if it's permitted to name the company here, but I will because I don't care. I've been in the insurance industry, claims, about 15 years now. I'm a licensed multi-state adjuster and risk manager. I worked and studied very hard and climbed the corporate ladder to land myself really nice titles and salaries over the years. COVID hit my area's insurance industry like a sledgehammer. Everyone was laid off, severance, fired, etc. So I went to work for myself during the lockdowns. I kept myself open to work on LinkedIn just in case a nice offer came along. I was contacted by a HR recruiter for Better.com. It's an insurance company offering only homeowners insurance at the time. They were looking for an insurance salesperson. I'm not trying to be snobby here, but I told them I was a bit overqualified for a salesperson role and I declined. The HR recruiter wouldn't take no for an answer. They assured me I'm a great fit. They offered a nice salary and told me I could work 100% from home and even keep my private insurance consulting business. I honestly tried talking them out of considering me, but they were relentless. The HR recruiter told me that my resume has already been reviewed by everyone there in the sales department and that they want me. The job was mine for the taking. I was finally told by the recruiter to just try us out. If you don't like it, you leave. I talked to the wife about it. So, being that they were letting me keep my business and letting me work 100% remote, and my only job was to answer my phone and tell people about their one and only insurance policy, I accepted. Sounded like a real cake job. I told the HR recruiter I'm in. The recruiter tells me, okay, now for a quick interview. I say, uh, I thought you said the job was mine already. They say, just a formality, she tells me they want to meet you. Fine, I reply, sounds reasonable. So the HR recruiter sets up a phone interview with what would be my direct supervisor for the next day. One thing you should know about being in claims and risk management, as long as I have, is that you learn to document everything and even record your conversations as it is all admissible in the event of a litigious claims dispute. Where I live, only one person in a conversation needs to give permission to record said conversation. Therefore, I give myself permission and can record all conversations. The supervisor calls me at the predetermined time. We shoot the basic stuff. You got kids, you married, blah, 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 normal stuff. Then the supervisor tells me, okay, we're going to call you back in about 10 minutes. You're going to sell our insurance policy to one of us. We want to hear you perform a mock sale. No, I'm not doing that, I tell her. What? Why? She asks, and proceeds to speak over me that everyone's been asked to do it. I'm the only person who's been opposed to it. I tell her that one, I was already offered the job. I was told that our call was merely a meet and greet, and two, the whole thing sounds weird. And three, I can't pretend to sell a policy I've never seen or read, now can I? She tells me to slow down. It's yet another mere informality. They just need to test my basic insurance knowledge. So I tell her to ask me questions if that's the case. I'm not doing some strange mock sales interview. She argues with me that it's standard. So I bite a little bit and ask, well, who underwrites your policy? Is it a standard ISO form, HO1 through 6? Is it self-written? Did you get approval to write your own policy through the Department of Finance? Pure silence. She had no idea what I just asked her. 
Now I'm laughing, and I realize that I'm being interviewed by someone with zero qualifications to be where she is. There's a long pause, and she finally answers, It's her own policy. So I tell her, Okay, standard HO3, private dwellings? Long pause. Yes, she replies. I agree to take the mock sales interview because I know that I can abuse the people that are about to interview me with my knowledge of policy language. I went forward merely to have fun. She tells me that her, three other listeners, and the fake person I'm selling insurance to will call me back in 10 minutes. I've recorded everything up until this point. They call me back and I answer, Hello, this is me from Better.com. The fake person buying insurance begins asking me about coverage for particular items. I respond by asking her what state she lives in, is the home a condo or townhouse, etc. She tells me she lives in a condo in XYZ state. I reply, oh, I'm very sorry, but we don't sell condo insurance here. We only sell HO3 policies. Long pause. One of the listeners speaks up and tells me, we sell condo insurance. To which I reply, oh, odd, because M's direct supervisor told me you only sell HO3s. Another listener says, what's an HO3? I respond by telling them what an HO3 is, along with more explanations on what an HO1 through 8 are. I ask them, you guys work in insurance sales, right? What department do you work in that you don't know what an ISO form is? Silence. I spent about an hour on the phone with these clowns, absolutely schooling them. They kept hitting me with questions, to which my standard reply would be to cite policy language directly from standard ISO forms, and then something along the lines of, that coverage is available under your HO3 by endorsement. Then I'd ask listeners, does Better.com offer this coverage by endorsement? They always answer, yes. These people were way over their heads with me. It was clear that they somehow all landed themselves in positions that they weren't qualified for. The call was brutal. We end the call and I'm laughing. The HR recruiter calls me and asks how it went. She's just a recruiter, so I know she wouldn't understand any of the clown show I just put myself through. She tells me that the VP of sales wants to speak to me. I laugh and I'm like, are you sure? That fake sales interview did not go well at all. I really don't think I'll be able to work for the people I just spoke with as my supervisors. She tells me, no, it was all a formality, the VP wants to talk. Oh my god, I'm saying to myself, okay, have him call me. I agree. Literally a minute later, the VP calls. Nice guy, but I'm being humble and quiet with him. I'm turning down the job. I tell him that I'm just not going to be a good fit at his company, and he's like, what are you talking about? Look at your resume, you're gonna be great here. Then he goes, oh wait, what the heck? He tells me he just got an email from the hiring committee I did the mock sales interview with and they're recommending to pass on hiring me. I laugh and repeat that I won't be a good fit. He's reading the email out loud and says, they're saying your insurance knowledge isn't very strong. Now I get pissed. So I level with him. I tell him these clowns made me do a messed up mock sales interview and that I absolutely destroyed them in the knowledge department. I go on to tell them that they didn't even give me a copy of Better.com's policy. They don't know what an ISO form is, they don't know what an HO 1 through 8 are, etc. And here's the kicker, I then congratulate him on getting his own policy past the Department of Finance. I know it's a hard thing to do, most companies just use standard ISO forms and write policies on other admitted carriers paper. 
He replies, what are you talking about? We don't have our own policy. We sell Lemonade's policy. So now I'm like, oh my god, buddy, you're in trouble. Your entire sales team I spoke with doesn't even know this. They've been telling me Better.com wrote its own policy. I then tell them that I record all conversations through my office phone line as a standard risk management procedure and that I would be very glad to share my recordings with them. He agrees and I send him the files. A week later, he contacts me personally and offers me a job in claims or in their actual department. He assured me I'll never have to deal with the sales department again. He thanks me for the information provided. He's a nice guy, but I turned it down. This was all a few months ago. I checked out all these clowns on LinkedIn and they were all let go from the company a few short weeks after my interview. They're all still looking for work. In 100% fairness though, is it really those people's faults that they got hired for jobs way over their heads? As a whole, there was something really messed up going on at this company. Not only did they need to fire all of their interviewers, they needed to fire the person who interviewed those interviewers. They need to do a full staff audit ASAP. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.